Lord God, we pray that you would give us understanding about this text and about the book of life and what it means. Lord, I think of an old hymn when I can read my title clear. Lord, we pray that we will, all of us here, from the youngest to the oldest, be able to read our title clear at some point in our lives while this world is still continuing. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to call your attention at a point to the paper uh, that's entitled Revelation 22. Uh, and uh, so, but right now, I want to direct your attention to verse 8, uh, excuse me, verse 5, page 1916. He who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father and his angels. And I want to say this. God will never blot out anyone's name from the book of life. And you're going to say to me, well, wait a minute. Aren't people threatened with having their names blotted out from the book of life? At the very end of the Bible, look with me, if you will, at a moment uh, to Revelation chapter 22 and verse 19. And let's see what it says, because this is very important. Revelation 22, 19, at, and, and that is on page 1939, the last page of these Bibles. And it says, and if anyone takes away from this book of prophecy, words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city. Now, this simply saying this in that verse, as it stands in the original Greek texts, all of the Greek texts, there's not a single solitary Greek text that has book of life in it whatsoever. And St. Jerome's translation of the Bible into Latin had tree of life, not book of life. But a copyist copying Jerome's Latin work made a mistake and put book of life there. A, a Latin copyist, because remember we didn't have a printing press till uh, Gutenberg in the 15th century, a copyist made a mistake in the Latin text. And the result was that when Pope Clement came along, he had a faulty manuscript of the Latin text, which is called the Vulgate. And Pope Clement made it a law for the whole church, the entire Catholic church, that this was the official Bible of the church, period. And there could never be a marginal note. There could never be a criticism of it. It was fixed in stone. That's very important for a moment to let that sink in. Now, enter into the scene just before that time, a man named Erasmus. Erasmus was a priest who was much more interested in studying the ancient world. He was what we might call a Christian humanist. And what we're saying there is he was a scholar. He was interested in ancient things. Now, 
you can judge how much of a Christian he is at this point. The only Latin manuscripts he had were the faulty Latin manuscripts that were later, in effect, engraved and stoned as the only Bible of the church, that is, the Catholic church, that is, the Roman Catholic church. Now, there was a rush to get into print. There were some Spanish people who were about to publish an edition of the Bible in Greek and in Latin. And Erasmus, wanting to get there first, firstest with the mostest, Erasmus, who had no Greek text for the last six verses of the book of Revelation, simply did this. He translated from the Latin text he had into Greek the last six verses of the book of Revelation. Isn't that a strange thing? So the last six verses of the book of Revelation in Erasmus' standard Greek text, later came to be known as the Textus Receptus, which is not the majority text of the, of the uh, Greek manuscripts or even of the critical text. He translated into Greek a mistake in a Latin text. So what I want you to see is, and you can take this and study it later, is that nowhere in the Bible does it say that God will blot somebody's name out of the book of life. Why is this important? I'll tell you in a minute as we turn back to uh, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8 on page 1916. Because unlike heaven, you and I might miss heaven, unlike the Heavenly Jerusalem, you and I might miss it if we're not really born again. There are many people that belong to a church who aren't really born again. We can miss out on heaven. We won't have our part in heaven or in the holy city or the tree of life. But I'm going to say this. In the name and by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, if your name has ever been written in the Lamb's book of life, it will never, never, never be erased. Look at what he says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5, page 1916. He who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. Now look at the next sentence. I will never blot out his name from the book of life. Now in Greek, he uses a double negative, ume. And for us, that's bad English. Like, I ain't never going to uh, do that. But, but in Greek... A double negative, ume, is the strongest, most forceful way of saying never. Hold your hand there and turn back to the Gospel of John chapter 6. The Gospel of John chapter 6. And let's look at verse 37. Because right there in John 6, 37, uh, on page 1655, uh, listen to what Jesus says. He says this in verse 37. And the Father who sent me has... Wait a minute. No, I'm wrong on chapter. Sorry. John six thirty seven. Preachers make mistakes. And copyists make mistakes. Hand copying. And typists make mistakes. 
Have you been reading a document and your eyes skip down? People make mistakes, but the Holy Spirit superintended the production of the Scriptures so that there are no mistakes. And listen to what Jesus says in John 6, 37, page 1657. This is what he says in verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. All that the Father gives me will come to me. What does that mean? Does that mean that if the Father's not given somebody to the Son, uh, that, that they're going to come? No. Look at verse 44. Look at the bottom of the page. He says in verse 44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. No one can come to me. It doesn't say no one may. Everybody here may come to Christ. I warmly invite you, if you have never professed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, to come to Christ today. All may come, but that doesn't mean all can come. Remember, may is a word of permission and can is a word of ability. Like Bushy the squirrel in the story today, Bushy the squirrel could not fly. He may fly, but he can't fly. He may jump out of a tree like Baldy Eagle for the children's story. He may, but he can't fly. And so Jesus says in John 644, no one can, no one is able to come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Now, looking back at verse 37, he says, all, that's all, every single one that the Father has given to the Son. I'm going to tell you that's basically saying every single person whose name is in the Lamb's book of life. All of them. He says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. Now look at the next uh, division, uh, full clause. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. The word translated never is that same expression in Greek of a double negative, ume. I will never under any circumstances drive that person away. So when Jesus in John, Jesus speaking, you see, because Jesus is speaking in John 6, 37, and Jesus is speaking in Revelation chapter 3 and in verse 5 where he says in that sentence, I will never blot out his name from the book of life. Never, never, never. See, that's the most important thing of all. You don't write your name there. The Father wrote your name there. And when did he write it? We're going to see it in a moment. If you will turn to me to Revelation uh, to Revelation chapter uh, 17. Revelation chapter 17. Let's look there for a moment. Revelation chapter 17. And uh, let's look here at verse 8. Well, we need to start on page 1931. Revelation 17 verse 8. He says, The beast you saw once was, now is not, and will come up out of the abyss and go to his destruction. Now look at the next sentence. This is really, really, really critical. Revelation 17, 8. The inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world. Let's think about that for a moment. For a moment. When 
if you belong to Jesus, really and truly belong to Jesus, when was your name written in the book of life? It tells us very plainly in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 8. Your name was written from the creation of the world. In other words, before time began, God the Father chose a group of people for whatever reason. We don't know. We're never told why. We're told why not. It wasn't because God looked into the future and foresaw, oh, he's going to be good and she's going to be bad. Or she's going to have faith and he's not. Because all of those things are the result of God's choice and not the cause of it. God, before the world began, set apart a people to give to his son. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Before the foundation of the world. Now, there's also a verse in Revelation chapter 13 that refers to Jesus as the lamb who's been slain from the foundation of the world. But that's a reference to the plan of God expressed in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 19 and 20. That in the plan of God, when God planned the whole thing, he chose a people for his son and he chose to give them salvation in Christ. He gives the spirit to them. He gives the atoning blood of Jesus to them. And in God's eyes, Jesus' death is from all eternity, but manifested and affected in time. He had to die. But the point is, when was your name written in the book of life? It was written from the creation of the world. Now that ought to comfort you, as we'll see in a couple of moments. Your name was written from the creation of the world. Notice that, that second sentence of Revelation 17, 8 for a moment. The inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world will be astonished when they see the beast because he once was, now is, and yet will come. You know, there are a lot of people that worry about the mark of the beast. Oh, oh, is it the vaccine? Is it a tattoo? Is it a chip? I've got a credit card with a chip. What if they inject me with a chip? What if it's against the law not to have a chip? I'm going to tell you something. No one whose name has ever been written in the book of life is going to take the mark. Whatever the mark is. Nobody. And the mark is a knowing, willful, deliberate choosing to worship the Antichrist, the man of sin, the beast. So you don't have to worry about it. If your name is in the book of life, you will not worship the man of sin. You will not worship the beast. You will not worship the Antichrist. You will not. It's an act that's deliberate and knowing. And what he's saying here is those whose names have been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will never do that, whatever it is, whatever it is. So I don't worry over it, whatever it is, whatever it is. I don't worry about it because I'm not going to do it because I know 
in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. So he's saying here, their names were written in the book of life from the creation of the world. Now, let's turn over further. Let's look at Revelation chapter 20 and verse 12. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 12, page 1936. Revelation 20 and verse 12. Look at what he says here. And let's get it in context. We're going to read the whole section beginning at verse 11 all the way through verse 15 because the book of life... The Lamb's book of life is mentioned here twice, twice in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11 and verse 12, verse 15, excuse me, verse 12 and verse 15. So we have to have this in mind. Whatever your theories about the end times and the future, it's okay. Those are matters of liberty. And I love the Evangelical Presbyterian Church because in essentials, we have unity. And in non-essentials, we have liberty. And hopefully in all things, charity. So here's the deal. It's okay whatever you believe about the end times, as long as you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return. As long as you believe there will be a resurrection of the body. As long as you believe there's life after death. As long as you believe those things, those are the essentials. Don't let non-essentials get you all confused. So let's read it for what it says, Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, page 1936. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. Now look at verse 12. And I saw the dead, great and small. Standing before the throne, and books were opened. Books. What books are those? Well, that's the book where you turned in your expense account, and you fudged on it. (laughs) Seriously, do you know everything you've ever done? Everything you've ever said? Everything you've ever thought, and I'm not talking about a temptation that went through your mind. I'm talking about, I love that temptation. Ooh, yeah. I love hating that person, or I love lusting for that person, or I love coveting that person's possessions. I'm talking about temptations you've entertained and enjoyed like a morsel of good meat. Anyhow, good Texas meat, medium rare. So he says, the books were open. Look at the next sentence. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. Oh, that's the critical book, as we'll see in a moment. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. I never said that. Oh, yes, you did. I've had strange experiences in my life. I've learned, years ago I learned this lesson. The moment I have a conflict with somebody, the moment that I can get away by myself, I start jotting down notes of what the person said and I said. And as soon as I've finished scrawling it out, I type it. And I write it out. And I save it. And you know what I've discovered? I mean, I'm not kidding you. Judgment Day Honesty, I've sometimes picked up documents that I wrote years ago, and I've read them, and I was like Richard Nixon and Billy Graham when those tapes were revealed from the Oval Office. I never said that! 
No, I didn't. Well, there it is, Bob, in your own typewritten document. You said it. Huh. That's what Judgment Day is going to be like. Wow. So the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Bottom of the page, verse 13. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and the grave, Hades, gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Verse 14, then death and Hades, or the grave, were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. We'll get to that in a few months, what that means. Then look at verse 15. This is critical. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Woo! George Washington? Billy Graham? George Whitfield, Charles Spurgeon, Bob Vincent. That's what it says. That's what it says. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. What's he saying, dear ones? What is he saying? He's saying the most critical, the most absolute, the most important, the greatest imperative in your life is to know that your name is written in the book of life, that it was written there before the foundation of the world. Because no matter how holy, talented, good, pious, or whatever you may appear to be to others and to yourself... If your name's not written there, you're going to hell. And hell is not a pleasant experience. Do you know that my wife and I pray for presidents and former presidents for our country? Because there's nothing worse for Donald Trump and his family, or Joe Biden and his family, or Kamala Harris and her family, than to go to an eternal, Christless hell of burning fire. You know, that motivates Sandy and me to pray for our leaders. We beg God, more important than anything else for those three people I just named, please, Lord, do whatever you got to do so that they will truly be saved. Because how terrible to end up in a lake of burning fire. I don't know who's going to go there. I just want to make sure I know I'm not going there. You see, because people fool us. They fool themselves. The heart is deceitful above all else. Desperately wicked. Who can know it? So he says, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Turn over to the very uh, last part of this. And let's look at what he says at the end of chapter 21. And... Uh, about his description of heaven. Let's start at verse 22. Revelation chapter 21, beginning at verse 22. The night that my daddy died, I believe it was September 27, 1987, in Rapids Regional Hospital, I was with him, and I was reading to my daddy. And I read these verses that I'm about to read in, in chapter 21 and 22. And my father's last words to me before he gurgled and never spoke again as he slowly strangled to death. The last words my father ever heard, uh, ever spoke as I was reading this were, 
I see it. I see it. Of course, he didn't say it with that kind of energy. I see it. I see it. Now, let me read you verse 22. Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. Verse 26, the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Verse 27, nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. Now look at the last clause. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. If you can know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, let me say something to you. What on earth are you afraid of? People torture Christians today, and it's going to get worse, I believe, till it gets better. We're in an awful mess. We're in an awful mess, not just in this country, but around the world. China, whoa, mercy. The Muslim countries, wow. Persecution is on the rise. It is on the rise. Why are you afraid of it? What's the worst thing they can do? It's only going to be for a split second and you die and you go to be with Jesus. If you know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, dear ones, cheer up. Let's get happy. Let's praise the Lord. Let's remember that our names are written there. And nobody can erase your name. Nobody can erase it. It's there. Crooked politicians can't erase it. Crooked political leaders around the world can't erase it. The heads of North Korea and communist China... And certain countries in Africa. And the persecutions in India. They're burning people alive in many places. They can never, ever, in any way, shape, or form, ever erase your name out of the book of life. Because it was written there by the very hand of God from the creation of the world, and it is eternally secure. You're secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. Never forget it. Praise the Lord. You're secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. You are eternally secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would comfort us with this wonderful statement the Bible makes about a book of life, the Lamb's book of life. A book, Lord, where names have been written before the worlds began. And Lord, those whose names are there, who have ever come or ever will come truly to the Lord Jesus Christ, they will never be cast out. They will never be blotted out. They will never be lost. They will never go to hell. It is impossible. Lord, we thank you for the impossibility for those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. It's impossible that any one of them would ever go to eternal hell. Lord, comfort us. Lord, encourage us. 
encourage us. Lord, make us happy. In Jesus' name, amen.